Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we're all about safer holiday driving. This April, get one tyre free when you buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama or Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on selected tyre brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Goodyear, Continental and Dunlop. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Shop online at bobjane.com.au. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Taste and see supply. This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news, powered by race fuels in association with Bob Jane T-Marts. From supercars to club racing, race fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need them. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Each week, multi-award winning journalist Mark Fogarty brings the big stories and talks to the big names. If it matters in motorsport, you'll hear it first, right here on Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Pass on the Grass, the winning move at Bathurst 6 Hour. Gen 3 adjustment, drivers to regain in-car tuning. GT back to GTs. Audi's Aussie Assault and X-rated races return. Renee Gracie's comeback car revealed. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus. Here's folks. Hi there, race fans. Another Bathurst endurance race. Another Mount Panorama classic. The high-tech oils Bathurst six hour had it all. Coming down to a one-lap dash to the flag after a record 12th safety car restart right at the end. Supercars aspirant Jade Nojada was inspired, carving his way to the front, anchored by his co-driver Simon Hodges' solid stints to claim a famous victory in their BMW M4. But it was Ojada's daring overtake for the lead that will be talked about, well, probably for years immortalised as the pass on the grass. The rising star from Sydney's far west went around Thomas Randall and a pair of lapped cars with two wheels on the turf blasting down Conrod. Now, whether it was good luck or good management, well, we don't know because Ojeda didn't address it in any post-win interview. Well, not that we've heard. He was almost blasé when he spoke with Tanea McLeod for Parked Up Plus after his action-packed win. Yeah, it was, oh, the whole weekend was chaotic. We were, um, from practice two, we were looking for an electrical demon, as I'd call it, because we could not find it for the life of us. So, um, you know, practice two, three, um, even quality were really compromised. And then into the race, we managed, managed to finally get it to work as we, as we wanted to. Um, and yeah, from that first stint, I knew that you know we had we had the car pace to, to win the race. So it was just a matter of getting the car to hold on. And um, yeah, Simon jumped in, did an awesome, awesome. Uh, I think it was a double or triple stint um, in the middle there, and uh, handed the car over to me in a really strong position. And then um, yeah, I just I knew I knew what I had to do, and I just went out and just yeah, really really had a crack. Um, and then close to the end of the race, probably halfway through my stint, we we're, were managing a gearbox issue. Um, so trying to look after that and then we weren't sure where we were sitting on fuel as well after the final pit stop so managing fuel then managed uh, got tagged by a lapped car as well 
Uh, so the steering was right hand down. I think I had a fair bit of toe out in the right rear. So across the top, it was a bit sketchy. And then, uh, yeah, to cap it off, a couple of laps from the end, we had the fuel low uh, alarm come up, which scared the life out of me because it was not what I was expecting. And, um, yeah, it really just crossed all my fingers to the end. And obviously then we had the safety car and one green flag lap to the end. That safety car could not have driven any slower um, I was almost trying to push him down the straight to get into get it to get to the line so we'd finish on the safety car but uh, ultimately awesome to finish on the green and um, you know to, to get it done under under racing conditions is awesome as well and how much was strategy an element of you they said on the broadcast that you guys had strategized well got your CPS done had lots in hand and then it was safety car after safety car after safety car what was like what was that like to be behind the wheel and have to manage? you know, having potential of such a big gap and then losing again and then, yeah, that safety car at the end. What was that like from the driver's seat? Yeah, our strategy worked really well. Jack Bellotti smashed it, um, you know, got our CPSs out of the way enough early so that our last stop was just fuel and go, which, um, you know, helped us from a track position point of view. So managed to get us in front of the Russell car and in front of the other, all the others that had to do their CPS at the end. And then, yeah, I, I just wanted it to run green the whole way because, um, you know, kept opening up a gap and, um, you know, you start getting some lap cars. So I was like, okay, awesome. Um, I think I was managing the traffic better than what they were. So I was pulling away further and then the safety car would come out and be right on my back again. And, um, you know, there might've been one car or sometimes no car. So, um, yeah, really just nerve wracking, but yeah, stoked. And what's next for Jade No Jada? Wait and see. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll work on it, but yeah, just enjoy the moment for the moment. And then on Monday, we'll see what's, what's going on. Daring. Bold, brave, or just plain stupid, the pass on the grass worked and must rank as one of the all-time great overtakes. More on the drama at Mount Panorama from Grant Rowley later in the show. Among the supercars drivers in the Bathurst Six Hour was Castrol Racing's Thomas Randall. Driving a BMW M2 promoting cancer awareness Randall was a contender before finishing fourth. His sophomore supercars campaign with Tickford Racing in the Castrol Mustang has started with, well, underlying promise despite mixed results. Talking with Grant Rowley, Randall revealed that in-car anti-roll bar adjustment is set to return. Gen 3 has the capability for drivers to trim their car's cornering balance on the fly, but it's been blocked so far in the interests of, well, I guess just one less thing to juggle in the early development process. Drivers love being able to adjust front-to-rear balance as tyres degrade, and fans enjoy watching in-car vision of them shuffling the anti-roll bar levers popularised by Shane Van Gisbergen's busy left hand. According to Randall, drivers can't wait for in-car balance adjustment to return. Yeah, I feel like, especially as, a, as someone watching on TV, especially in the in-car shots, they like seeing us, you know, not just using the steering wheel and the pedals, whether it's brake bias change, front rear any roll bar changes, but I think whether it's going to improve the racing or not, or not, not improve it, I'm not sure, because I feel like we've already had some pretty good racing as a category, especially the Grand Prix. There was so much racing, um, overtakes. I feel like you can follow closer now too, which is which is obviously a big tick for the new Gen 3 cars. That was one of the main reasons that they've gone down the, this path 
with the reduction in aero and all that sort of stuff. So the the roll bars, I think, is probably more of a thing for longer races. You know, your 250k races, whether it's Adelaide, Townsville, Gold Coast, tracks where there's high deg. That's where, for us as a driver, it helps a lot um, to whether you need a bit more rear grip towards the end of the stint or pulling that front roll bar down if you're struggling with push early in the stint, all that sort of stuff. So. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the, the plan is to have them back in the cars later in the year, but I guess there's still a few bugs to iron out from a category point of view. So, yeah, just get on top of that stuff first and then we'll worry about throwing in uh, another spanner in the works. Randall is expecting the racing at the next round over in Perth at the end of the month to be even more entertaining than we've seen so far from Gen 3. I think you should expect pretty good racing. I mean, you know, they resurfaced the track in 2019. I feel like there's still deg now. There wasn't really when they first resurfaced it, but there's, it's very sandy there. And we saw before they resurfaced it, well, everyone called it the cheese grater. And I feel like even when we were there last year, there was already some tyre deg back. We hadn't been there for a few years because of COVID. Um, so it was nice to get back over there and, and see everyone from Perth. But... I feel like the racing should be good, you know. We, I don't think we'll be able to run that exit curve out of the last corner. The cars are lower um, this year, so it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think there should be no reason why we can't race well into the bowl, into the last corner, and, yeah, just be prepared for uh, plenty of cars moving around. From his experience in the six-hour, Randall also told Grant Rowley that he expects the Gen 3 supercars to be a real handful in October's Bathurst 1000. I think it's going to be pretty hairy, to be honest, Grant. Um, it's it's obviously pretty hairy in a in a production car and these MRF tyres, but certainly at the Grand Prix, the cars are moving around a lot more, and um, I can't see why it's going to be much different at, at Bathurst. You know, I think the plan is to run the soft compound here uh, for the for the 1000, which will be the first time that I can ever remember uh, supercars running on the soft compound here. Um, there's going to be a lot of commitment, a lot of, uh, over the top. Normally, well, with the older cars, the rear's quite settled, and you want a pretty settled rear here, because if you're not confident in the rear, you just can't carry that speed over the top, you know, through the grate, uh, through McPhillamy, down the S's. Uh, it, it requires so much, um, yeah, commitment from the driver, and when you've got a strong rear of the car you can really push the car so I think this year might be slightly different I feel like the rear moves around a lot more and um, yeah it's uh, gonna make it exciting I don't really know who's gonna come out on top I think that like I said that they should be able to follow closer one big issue the last few years especially in that last stint when you got the main driver in is that the more the close they are over the top you just overheat the front tires and we haven't really seen a lot of passing in that last stint when, when when the, t when the guys are doing very similar lap times. So I feel like this year should be a different story. Randall thinks that despite the first-time use of soft tyres at Mount Panorama, the Gen 3 Mustangs and Camaros will actually be slightly slower on lap times, but likely to easily reach 300 kilometres per hour down Conrod because of reduced downforce and air drag. More after this short break. The Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast is all in the name. It's all motorsport. Focused on those who make significant contributions to the sport we love. 
Correct. Some people might only see a dozen motor racing events each year, but the truth is that our sport never stops. Almost every weekend there's a car race going on somewhere. And Gaz, you're at most of them. Ah, yes, and if I'm not there, you certainly are. And you'll hear from us on the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast every fortnight. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Welcome back. Our Grant was certainly busy at Bathurst, also getting confirmation that reigning Repco Bathurst 1000 co-winner Garth Tander is set to return to GT Racing. Tander, of course, has switched from Triple Eight to Grove Racing to co-drive at Sandown and Bathurst, and he'll add outings in the Fanatec World GT Challenge Australia alongside Jeff Emery to stay race sharp between his Supercars TV commitments. Rolly Collard, Melbourne Performance Centre boss Troy Russell, Audi racing agent in Australia, to explain how Tanda and Euro GT star Christopher Meese will figure in Audi's Aussie Assault. Ideally, we would have got Tanner to come and do this round because that was one of the rounds that he can do. His supercar commitments excludes him from any of them rounds. So that's why we'll use a, a Euro to, to fill the gap. So um, to be completely honest, I haven't nailed down who's doing what rounds yet. Um, I'll talk to Garth next week and find out, but I assume he'll do the rounds that we've got left, Phillip Island and QR, and then we'll use a Euro for the other guys, the other rounds. And Chris Mays would be the obvious one to bring out for that? Oh, of course. Chris has been part of the family here for a long time now, so he's our go-to for sure. Um, i just got to make sure it fits in with his other commitments. Adelaide, he's 100% in. Um, wouldn't miss that one from the world, he reckon, so that's good. And, um, yeah, we'll just wait and see next week who I can get locked in. Obviously, we need another driver for the 65 car as well. Um, Fraser's off doing some overseas stuff for this round and the next round, so he'll be back in the 65 for the end of the year. So we'll need a Euro driver for that car as well. So effectively we'll need two drivers for the next round. Handy to have the Audi global suite of drivers uh, mostly available to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I uh, can't thank the guys enough over there really. I mean, we rang them first of all Monday and said we need one driver, which was already on the cards. Rang them and said we need the second driver. Tuesday morning, or Tuesday night our time, which was Tuesday morning their time, I spoke to Dirk over there and uh, he goes, oh, they'll have to leave today. And I said, yeah, well, it's only 8 o'clock, you're about to get it sorted today, yeah? Uh, in typical German fashion, they don't uh, operate the same way we seem to over here, but they got it done, the boys were on a plane Tuesday night and uh, here they are. Still quite a few Audis in the uh, GT field here chance for more as the season goes on? Yeah, so we've got five of our own entries, NPC entries if you like. We've got Brad Schumach and um, the Belmont Racing guys have come on in and out here as well. So there's yeah, seven in total here this weekend. Um, I'm uh, quite confident we'll have at least one more out of our stable for, for the next round, maybe maybe two. Um, there's a few things happening in the backgrounds. Hopefully the Kiwi car, that coming down the 12 hour with us. Um, if we can get them to do the rest of the year, we'll be quite good. So that's GT, back to GTs. See what I did there? The Bathurst six-hour production car derby has restored the tradition of Easter racing at Mount Panorama. Boutique Australian lubricant supplier Hitech Oils has backed the six hours since 2016 and has just re-upped to extend the deal to 10 years. 
high-tech oils boss George Gambino says the renewal speaks to the core of the company. Yes, very important for us at this time of year. Um, we've been doing it for like seven years now, so we've signed another three years, that brings up to ten years. Very excited about that. Grassroots Motorsport is obviously an important thing for you guys. You have the stuff with the AMRS. You've always been involved at that grassroots level of motorsport. This event suits that perfectly. Yeah, it does. We've started drag racing a long time ago, did that for about eight, ten years, moved on to found some other different sports. Uh, we do drift competition now. We have a pretty big national event doing them. And then uh, the six-hour came up in this 2016, and uh, James and me said, yep, no problem, let's get on to it. And we did, and we're still here. The big benefit of this event, why continue to support it? Well, I think it's because it's grassroots stuff too. It's getting there. It's original Bathurst Six Hour, and I think that's what we like about it. But we can actually bring our clients to a good venue and uh, look after them and hopefully get some business out of what's going on here. And what's next for High Tech Oils? Uh, next, we have a couple more rounds with the High Tech Super Series that's um, running now around the national um, with the uh, Benalla Auto Club guys. But yeah, exciting times. And now to the most controversial news of the weekend, X-rated racer Rene Gracie is returning in GT racing, starting at the next round on the supercar support card at Wanneroo Raceway at the end of the month. Gracie is a divisive figure because she is an adult entertainer. <laughs> a euphemism if there ever was one who earns tens of thousands of dollars on OnlyPlay. She's faced judgmental opposition, especially from supercars, but really, how she makes her money is her business. Now, what we're hearing is that Gracie has done a deal to race a front-running Mercedes-AMG GT GT3 for the rest of the year. Well, good luck to her. Her racing history doesn't suggest stardom on the track, but she'll certainly attract mainstream media coverage. Streamer Stan will document Renee Gracie's return to racing. Her results in a seriously quick race car will determine whether she deserves another shot at supercars. The motor racing establishment, well, it's disdainful. So it's up to her to prove them wrong. Gracie will attract broad interest, so why not support her return without prejudice? Her results in GT racing will soon determine if her lofty aspiration to race in supercars again or overseas at a high level is realistic. The betting is that Renee Gracie is not a racing superstar, but with the right backing and team support, she'll get her shot. What she does for a living, very successfully, it must be said, should be irrelevant. But of course, by its very nature, it will attract unusual interest. We'll see in a couple of weeks how well-equipped Renee Gracie is to endure the rigours and scrutiny of being a celebrity racer. Just a quick note that we should expect an announcement of the first stage of planning for a government-backed Melbourne super circuit any day now. Fucked Up Plus broke the story of an international car and motorcycle racing track 
to the west of Melbourne a year ago. We then narrowed the preferred site to alongside Avalon Airport, close to Geelong. Initial planning and design work on an international standard track beside the airport is set to be announced by the Victoria government, costing up to $250 million the multi-purpose project will be based around an FIA Grade 1 track of up to 5 kilometres. More after this short break. Race Fuels is Australia's leading supplier of racing fuel to national and state-level motorsport. And its range of racing fuels includes the BP Supercars E85, which is available to grassroots races. For power and protection over pump fuel, Race Fuels imports the Elf Race 102, as used by Porsche Carrera Cup and the Touring Car Masters. More info on Race Fuels E85 and Elf Race 102 is available at racefuel.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. As well as the exciting Bathurst Six Hour, there was plenty of other Easter action at Mount Panorama. Here with his roundup of all the weekend's racing is Grant Rowley. Thanks to our partner, Bob Jane T-Marts. Mount Panorama took its annual Easter spotlight with the high-tech oils Bathurst Six Hour and BMW continued its dominance in a cold yet entertaining race weekend. As outlined by Fogues earlier, young gun Jaden Ojeda proved too good in the closing stages of the six-hour race, cementing victory in his M4 alongside Simon Hodge. Completing a trifecta for the Bavarian Marquis was the M3 of the Russells, featuring Father Wayne alongside sons Drew and Aaron, while a last stint charge from Anton Di Pasquale resulted in third place. Di Pasquale was partnered by Anthony Saul and Adam Burgess. Playing main support to Australia's leading production car race was the opening round of the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia powered by AWS, and it was Audi's Liam Talbot and Max Hoffer who took both victories. Impressive local Brad Schumacher took two outright podiums in his AM-class Audi, while in the GT4 Australian production car support sprint races, Carl Begg and Tony Quinn split the wins. Also at Bathurst were the MRF tyres Nissan Pulsars and the Circuit XL Bathurst Challenge. Josh Craig took two victories in Pulsars, with Dan Smith taking the other. Ryan Kasher clean-swept the XLs. Internationally, NASCAR returned to the dirt of Bristol, and it was Christopher Bell who crossed the line first, ahead of Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. The US will be the focus next weekend, as MotoGP is at Circuit of the Americas, IndyCar at Long Beach, and Martinsville hosts NASCAR. That's the racing news from home and abroad. My name's Grant Rowley, reporting for Parked Up Plus with thanks to our good friends at Bob Jane T-Marts. Thanks, Grant. It was all over the action at Bathurst. With Formula One and supercars still on a break, this coming weekend, it's IndyCar at the Long Beach Grand Prix, MotoGP at the Circuit of the Americas, and WEC Sports Cars at Portimao in Portugal. IndyCars and WEC live and ad-free on Stan Sports, MotoGP on Fox Sports. That's it for now. Back next week with the latest news and views 
on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley on Thursday. Fully debriefing the high-tech oils Bathurst 6-hour. And don't forget Network R's other must-listen podcasts. Tanea McLeod and Priya Richards present Girls on the Grid each Monday and every second Friday. Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith host the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Show. This has been Parked Up Plus. We hear the big news from the big names every week. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 